Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, here as always with Keith Myers. Keith. It's a great week uh, to be a Seahawks fan. We put down the San Francisco 49ers for our sixth Not win. only that, but I, it feels like we put them down for the year. Like, that was, that, that was were coffin nails because uh, Garoppolo is now going to be out for a number of weeks. It looks like Kittle's headed to injured reserve. Um, uh, that's and they that's were, tough. I mean, you know, I don't want to wish that no, on anybody. But I mean, it just... Uh, you know, the Seahawks have been known to... Uh, ruin a few teams now yeah again. i mean they've also the Seahawks have dealt with you know terrible amount of injuries this year it's been crazy it feels like every team is dealing with a terrible amount of amount of injuries i think that has to do with the lack of a preseason and off-season workout programs and that kind of stuff but the 49ers have been decimated and they were starting to yeah they have they lead the league in uh, lost games uh by starters yep. and they have the most players and, on injured and they're injured reserve, reserve. Yeah. Yeah, their injured reserve list uh, accounts for about ninety something million dollars of their total cap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's so brutal. But you know, we've been there, and and we're not without injury yeah. ourselves this year. I mean, we got a whole ton of guys, you know, out in this last game. We were without uh, Carson, Hyde, Upati, Amadi, uh, Mayoa, Griffin, Adams, Green, among. Mm-hmm. Others yeah. that are, were out, you pretty know, much year, in, like pretty Blair much our and, entire and so secondary, with the exception of Dunbar and Diggs, um, and even Dunbar has been banged up for large portions of this year. Um, you know, there were people I swear that were doing introductions, like they were they were exchanging names during pregame workouts, um, and then they had to, <laughs> they had the they had the the, the tape across the front yeah. of the helmet. You know, with with the players, and then name. they were out there. But and then the defense had its best three quarters <laughs> of uh, the season to start this game, and then fell apart. Um, but the first three quarters of this game was really good, despite the fact that everybody's hurt. And they were, yeah. you know, just picking people off the street and and tossing them out there. And and um, it was a pretty good performance. I'm pretty happy with the way that game turned out. You know, uh, last week was a tough show. You know, it was our first loss of the year. Losses are always a little bit more, uh, well, they can be a little bit more interesting to talk about, but they're 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 tougher to deal with just from a psychological standpoint. And then th- these uh, these wins are just amazing. And, of course, uh, to get that against your NFC West rival, the uh, 49ers, uh, you're right, we came out. I think they just had a, just a tad over 100 yards total in the, in the first half or the first through the first three quarters of that game, uh, we had uh, put up, I think, 23 points uh, in our in our favor against them, against their point total. And, um, th- you know, by the time we got to, to Mullins at quarterback, and he did put up some numbers, but uh, the game was uh, virtually over by then. We had to tack on another additional score uh, by Dallas uh, to kind of put it away, but game was never really in question and it was a fun game to watch all the way around defense finally showed up Keith I mean, 
We're going to get into all of it. The defense, the offense, the record day by DK Metcalf. Um, before we get to that, and then we're going to get to the, to the Bills. Uh, before we do that, let's get into some news and notes for this week just to kind of catch up on uh, what's going on with the team. Uh, there have been a couple of personnel moves. Hey, Kitty, what's <laughs> up? We did talk about cats and, and the election today. It's kind of a nice distraction. So, mm-hmm. uh, who's Ow. who is that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I know th- this is a this you is don't a know. that means this multiple is an cats, audio right? um, podcast, and um, I'm sure this makes for a great show. But ow, I've got a kitten who is attacking me, and this one that's Faye, well, um, well, one, of, one of the hey, two new kittens. And if you follow me on Twitter and you did on during the game, I my entire uh, commentary on the game was accompanied by uh, kitten pics. So and why? Just because I could. And so those yeah, of you watching on uh, on YouTube, though, just saw um, one of my kittens real quick. So nice. So uh, getting back to uh, to the to the real deal here, Demontre Moore, they released um or not released, he, he was suspended uh, six games. Uh, they, they had a sneaking suspicion about this guy, about his character. They kind of re- uh, had some reservations bringing him back on because they were a little worried about these mm-hmm. sorts of things. And unfortunately, uh, he violated uh, the rules on the PEDs and six games out. Now, um, we may need him when he's available after six games or the Seahawks may elect to move on at that point. We'll just have to see. It's unfortunate for the young guy and you know, you just hope for the best at this point. Uh, but he wasn't getting a tremendous amount of snaps. He did help us on a couple of different occasions, uh, create some pressures and so forth, but really not a huge impact out there. Um, Seattle did release veteran tight end Luke Wilson today. Uh, Luke had been uh, with the team uh, from camp and had 10 offensive snaps um, in seven games and zero targets. So not a real huge impact out there, Luke Wilson. Um, They did bring up Colby Parkinson, uh, activated him off the um, injured reserve Mm -hmm. list, and um, it looks like they're moving forward in that direction. Yeah, well, it was was interesting in this game because – because of the injuries, especially on defense, uh, there weren't healthy scratches um, because everyone that was that was not playing was hurt, which meant that everyone on the roster was in uniform. And that included five and a half tight ends because it included all five of the team's tight ends and Sullivan, who is drafted and went to camp as a, a tight end and then has moved to defensive end um, more recently. Uh, but that was a lot of tight ends, especially since I believe the ti- the tight end group got two receptions in the game. Yeah, and if you look at the whole tight end room this year, we really haven't had a huge impact um, compared to years past, which is surprising to me. I thought there'd be a lot more checkdowns and so forth. Um, I, th- I thought they'd try to work the middle of the field more than they have this year, but there have been a lot of crossing routes this year with the wide receiver mm-hmm. group, not so much the tight ends. And of course, Olsen, uh, signed for $7 million really hasn't had a huge impact this year. I, I do believe that, uh, by the time it's all said and done, he's probably going to, to make a difference, especially down the stretch, but we'll just have to see. And then Colby Parkinson, who knows what we've gotten that didn't have any practice reports on him. He had a foot injury early. Um, I think in June had, um, 
did he have surgery on that or did he just have to heal that? I think he just had to heal yeah. that. It was a little it was small a, bone. And there was, fracture. yeah, there was no surgery, um, if I remember right. And then it was just a matter of he needed to heal. Um, and yeah. it was going to take time. And it, the time is up. He's out there. He's ready to go. He was in uniform. Uh, I don't believe he played, but he was in uniform in case he was needed um, yesterday. Or not yesterday, two days ago. So. So the trade deadline passes with no further moves for the Seahawks. They did pick up Carlos Dunlap. They did not move um, Hollister. It had been rumored that he might have been uh, being shopped. There was uh, apparently some interest, but it didn't uh, sound like they, they got enough uh, to warrant uh, moving him off the roster. So he remains. Injury update. Philip Dorsett. S surgery. Uh, yep. Foot injury, not improving, not looking good, according to Pete Carroll. That was yesterday, today. He shows up on Instagram with a cast on his legs and he had surgery to remove some bone spurs. So it looks like Philip Dorsett is probably not going to play this year if I yeah. had to to put away. Yeah, on. he's um it looks like he's done for the year. His uh time on injured reserve is gonna be a permanent one. And uh they you know it's it's unfortunate because he he had all his guy's got a lot of speed and a lot of potential and really fits in well with what Seattle wants to do offensively. But, you know, he's had this foot uh, concern and didn't think it was going to be a, a big deal. And it turns out that he will not play for the Seahawks this year. It's interesting. I will be very curious to see how the team handles this uh, because it sounds like uh, the team didn't have all the information that it probably should have had as far as medical on Philip Dorsett, and I don't know if that's a team issue or if that's a Philip Dorsett disclosure issue. We're going to have to find out, and um, there may be some repercussions there on that contract. We'll have to see. Um, players, uh, speaking of injuries, we have a lot of players coming back, including um, Damian Harrison probably this week after being acquired. We've never had him yet, uh, but we've been waiting now four weeks for him to come off the practice squad and be activated uh, for a game. Is this the week that that happens? Uh, it sounds like it. I mean, it sounded like this last week was going to be it, and then it didn't happen, and and now it sounds like it could be this week again. Um, he was on, I believe it was it was Instagram, might have been Twitter, um, and talking about that because people were like, you know, talking smack to him about being out of shape and whatever. And he's like, no, he's like, I'm I'm in shape. I'm not in game shape. Like you can you can't do that without getting out there. He's like, when I'm ready, I'll be, I'll, they'll activate me and they'll play me. Um, and so he's been kind of open about it, but he, it's not as bad as people are saying. And it just, it's one of those things where I think the team doesn't want him to get hurt because they're, they, they know he's a, a, a tremendous talent. It's going to be a big lift, but if they put him out there too early and he strains something because they rushed him out there, um, then it was all for nothing. And I think they're just going to, let him get enough practice time, enough uh, reps, so that way when he goes out there, he can be, you know, the dominant player he was before his uh, initial retirement and not, you know, be subject to a higher chance of injury. Uh, yeah, all of that. Let's let's get him into the program, though, and get him on the field because I think it's a totally... Uh, people aren't even really thinking about it, but the, the possibility of having both Harrison and Dunlap come out and uh, 
assert themselves into this defensive line to me is a really exciting move considering the way that the Seahawks played against the 49ers. Mm-hmm. There's some real opportunity here for uh, for some pretty decent improvement overall. Um, so it's pretty exciting. Players coming back possibly this week. We're, we're looking at a pretty decent list of options. Um, not sure about Hyde. He's still kind of nursing that. Yeah, it um, doesn't sound like he's going to be back. Hamstring. It's a hamstring. But Carson sounds like it might be. He might be ready to go with mm-hmm. the foot. Uh, Upati, we just don't know yet. Honestly, uh, with, haven't heard with anything Upati, this it week. doesn't matter. Um, yeah, better. Jordan Simmons he's is playing, playing better well. than Upati ha- did. Yeah, I think he's maybe. I mean, run blocking wise, I think uh, Upati is definitely at an advantage. But the pass blocking, the pass. yes. Jordan Simmons. Yeah, and I think overall when you put the two together, I think you have that Simmons is the better player. And so with that in mind, why rush Lupati back? You know, let him get healthy. Give him an extra week or two to get fully ready before you bring him back. And then, you know, that way you have him when you, you know, when you need him. And it's not going to be this thing like last year and earlier this year where he was on and off the injury report the whole year. Like, let him get healthy. I agree. I really do agree with that sentiment. I mean, absolutely. Um, it's it's nice to have that sort of a situation. Um, so far, so good with the Seahawks. I think Haynes, Phil Haynes was supposed to be a guy that's on his road uh, back onto the onto the team as well. And he's, I think, in week two of a three-week period where the Seahawks can practice him uh, before they have to activate him. Uh, Amadi, um, it, it didn't sound like it was a serious injury that kept him out this last week. He could be back, and then they've got a decision to make on playing time with both DJ Reed um, and Amadi there at the nickel. Yeah, spot. I mean, so that'll be really interesting because Reed played. Well, fantastic. he was up and down. He had um, he had a, I mean, he had an interception and he had a couple of big plays. He also had some blown coverages and you know later in the um, game, yeah, had some had some struggles. Sure. But this is a guy that's been on the roster for all like two or three days when he got stuck out there playing, and he played a lot of snaps. Um, so, you know, he did pretty well. Uh, you have to think the way that Ugo Amadi was playing before his injury, that his playing time is safe. Um, yeah, assuming I would think that so. he's healthy. Now, if he's not, and he is, um, you know, if he goes out there and needs, you know, he's, he's just not quite the same. He's, he's, he's like 85%. Well, then maybe you just don't rush him back and you play Reed. Um, it having Reed go out and play the way he did in this game does give you the opportunity to, you know, take a moment and think about it and not rush him back. I think the Seahawks have been playing this really well this year, as far as managing the roster, managing uh, the practice squads, injured reserve, the timing of these things. It just seems like everything's kind of working in Seattle's favor this year so far. Uh, Mayo uh, looks like it probably would be back. Griffin, not sure on the hammy. He's kind of day to day, week to week, but it sounds like they probably want to be safe mm-hmm. with him. Hamstrings Again. are one of those things where, you know, it, it'll feel better and you're out there, but it's so easy to re-injure and then you're back on, you know, on the injured list again. So better to take it slow, give it time. Honestly, what people didn't, what people aren't talking about enough is that Trey Flowers played pretty well. He did play well. It's a couple of weeks in a row he's played. Yeah. Well. So after being, you know, genuinely terrible before that, he's actually, you know, kind of solidified how he's been playing and 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 has been doing better. So I like um, I like what they've seen. I think that it gives them the option to, you know, 
maybe not rush um, Griffin back because it's not like Griffin was playing great week in and week out. He had some really good games, but he also had a couple of really bad games. And so it's... It makes me a little nervous only because uh, Buffalo does like to throw the ball down the field. Now, they haven't been very successful at it the last few weeks, but the, to start the year off, they had 20 or, uh, 20 or 25 plays over 20 yards completion in their first four games. Struggling a little bit on that now. It'd be nice, though, for Flowers and Dunbar to be able to press a little mm-hmm. bit more in coverage as opposed to playing some soft zone. We'll see what happens. They played pretty aggressive against the 49ers. We'll talk about that in a half a second. Um and we'll see what kind of scheme we might be looking forward to against the Bills. Um, Rasheem Green, he's coming back this week. That's been verified by Pete Carroll. So that'll be a, a nice rotational piece to come in with Collier. Now, they've also talked about um, you know Dunlap being a, a Leo, but he's really not a true Leo in, in the truest sense of the word. He's more of a five-tech guy, a guy that can really set the edge. He's a bigger guy. Um, he does have some, some pretty legit speed as well and quickness to him, athleticism. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they split that, um, which side he plays on. If he kind of plays in that five tech rotation once in a while, and if he comes over on the Leo side on passing downs or whatever, I'm not quite sure. But, uh, one interesting and, and fun thing about both those players, Green and Dunlap is they are great against defending the run yeah. so this team improves not only with harrison possibly coming back but with dunlap signed totally underrated uh run defender on the edge this team was already absolutely i think it's uh, ranked third or fifth ranked uh, run defense in the league is actually improving on that and against the bills a team that likes to be able to run they ran uh, 190 yards against the um the new england patriots um, they're not going to be able to do that against Seattle. And so their game plan is not going not to work. Yeah, I mean, that. Dunlop's a little oversized for the Leo, but he's got the quickness to play it and to let... And that's where we yeah. need him. And I mean, and that's Honestly. because we have Collier, and now we have Greenback um, on the on the five-tech side. So on the seven-tech side, the Leo side, that's where the team has really struggled because they just don't have... They don't have a playmaker there right now. <clears throat> and so... Um, I see I see them giving um, Dunlap most of the snaps over there um, once he's out there. And yeah, it's going to be a huge upgrade against the run game because his ability to, you know, to set the edge on that side where the, where the, the defense and their assignments are, are kind of built around having a smaller guy on that side who's maybe not as good at defending the run. Um, now you've got a guy who's a little bigger and can defend the run, but can also yep. speed rush. Uh, gives you, it's kind of like the best of both worlds out there. I think it's going to be a nice help. You know, it is the best of both worlds, especially when you already have Alton Robinson over there as well. Now you've got Mayoa, and Mayoa uh, is going to take a step back on, on snap mm-hmm. count. Uh, that's just the way it's going to be going forward, which is good, actually, for Mayoa and the Seahawks. But you look at Alton Robinson and Dunlap. Those those two players are very yep. similar. And uh, it's a good one-two combination. Alton Robinson uh, played really forward. well in this game against San Francisco. And he came up from having seven snaps against the Cardinals to having what he normally should be having in this defense. We need him in that pass rush role. And um, I think it's, you know, I understand the scheme situation with facing Arizona and Kyler Murray and having Griffin out there. But Griffin went from having 40-some-odd-plus snaps against the Cardinals to zero snaps against the 49ers. And Alton Robinson was back in there. I think... 
you know, and it showed up in the way that the defense performed. Now, granted, the defense had massive uh, schematic shift uh, to be way more aggressive in this game. If Seattle came out against the Cardinals, and I think was this aggressive, especially in the fourth quarter, I think Seattle comes away with that win against the Cardinals. So I thought it was a good adjustment by uh, Pete Carroll's defense in this game. Let's one more player, and we'll get to the the 49er game. Uh, Jamal Adams, save the best for last. Jamal Adams looks like he's going to be coming back. He might be on a snap mm-hmm. count, but it's going to be really good to have him. In yeah, Pete Carroll said that he was really close this last week. They wanted him out there, but he was just couldn't quite get enough work in during the week for them to feel comfortable. Um, and he got uh, yeah, and that's part of it. Um, and so then he said like, this week, you know, they said they're he's going to. What are they? What the words he is? He said he, he's going to be on a pitch count on um, Wednesday and Thursday. So basically, they're going. He's going to be limited no matter how well he's feeling, just because they're trying to ease him back in. But they expect him to be a full go on Friday and to be out there playing. Which, again, here like you said, he's going to be on a snap count. He's you're going to see him out there at times, and you're going to see Neil out there at times. And I think that's okay yeah. because. Neil's, I do too. I think Neil's really played surprisingly well for a fourth string strong safety. <laughs> okay, he's actually played surprisingly well, just period. But yeah. The- yeah, I'm surprised actually he's not a little bit better in coverage, but I think it's just the way that the nature of the defense and the way that they play mm-hmm. soft. Um, Neil's got an opportunity to, to play a little bit more press coverage, especially against tight ends and running backs. And they just haven't had him do that, but he has come up and played the run really. You know, one of the things that they did um, before all the injuries was, you know, they had a safety in Marquise Blair playing in the nickel and they went with that uh, big nickel with three safeties rather than an extra cornerback. And that might be something that we look at here where you see um, times where, where Neil. And then you have, yeah, where you have Neil in there as the nickel and, um, you know, you run with, with two strong safeties. Uh, the, the the deal with that, though, Keith, is you're taking Jordan Brooks and K.J. Wright off the field to do that. And you want – K.J.'s having an amazing year. And Jordan Brooks, you don't want to stay. Well, no, I was saying Brooks. in the nickels. You, only take, you, take, you would take one of them off. Or you move Brooks up into the Leo spot and let him rush the passer. And so you're, you know, give or – you, Or you're blitzing somebody yeah. or whatever. Interesting. So injury front, we're getting healthier at the right time. We're getting into the stretch run. We've got our most uh, challenging games coming up ahead. But before we get to the next game, let's talk about the one that we mm-hmm. just went through. Fantastic performance through three quarters by the defense. I think the defense re- uh, definitely needs a shout out here. Uh, they changed it up. They became more aggressive. I think we haven't seen that aggression since Jamal Adams went out three or four weeks ago. Um, the, the defense decided to scale it down a little bit. They they were kind of scheme and personnel um, trying to, to, to match that up as best as they could, and they didn't feel like without Adams in there that they could be as aggressive, as, at least on the blitz. So they dialed that back. I think it really hurt Seattle because obviously we've got some challenges with just rushing four. Um, it, it gives us an opportunity to, to put a lot of guys back into coverage, but when you're not getting any pressure on the quarterback, it doesn't seem to matter i mean we we've literally led the league and the entire nfl and all of history in allowing the most pass yardage in in history through six games and then this game happened um what was the difference well there's a couple differences one of them 
they were they were more uh, disciplined schematically. Like there were fewer people uh, doing things that were more, like freelancing. They were much more disciplined than usual. And then a lot of it was just blitzing. They blitzed on 23 of 45 dropbacks. And of those uh, 22 that they did not, most of them came in the fourth quarter when. And of all of those, Bobby Wagner was in 20 yeah. of those. That's so crazy. They, um, they really decided to dial it up, you know, and, and you almost look at that Bobby Wagner being in the meeting rooms earlier in the week, like Monday, Tuesday, and just laying into the coaching staff to allow them to be more aggressive, to be um, stronger, more physical, more aggressive, and and have them dictate terms as opposed to allowing offenses to dictate terms yeah. against the Seahawks. Well, it just is not. A after Pete the Carroll Arizona defense. game, I mean, um, Bobby Wagner was hot. He was angry. He was pissed. He was very unhappy with... Um, the way the defense had played, all the yards and points that they gave up, the the play calling, um, the execution, like everything. He was just angry at how bad this defense has been and made no attempt to hide it. And then came out in this game and was very aggressive. Um, they blitzed him a lot, got to the quarterback. Um, it was good against the run. I mean, he just had a legit all pro um kind of day and you know i think other people responded to it but I, more importantly is people were in position to make plays and they made them um there weren't a lot of missed tackles that helps there wasn't a lot of um you know opportunities where you know they they had someone and they let them get outside and that kind of stuff. They, they just play disciplined defense. And that's what you have to do. Um, you No matter how much talent you have, if you're not disciplined in terms of everyone, you know, doing their job and, and, and understanding their role, it's not going to work. And I, that was part of what was going on. Uh, I think, you know, the more yards they give up, the more points they give up, people start trying to be, make up, you know, try and be the difference. And then you see, um, like in that Arizona game where Griffin, I think he thought he had the play, um, you know, sniffed out. So he didn't uh, fall back into the corner of the end zone. He stayed up at the line because he thought it, that's where the play was going to go. And then, you know, got dropped in over his head for an easy wide open touchdown. And and you, if you're not doing your job because you, you're trying to do someone else's job, you're just screwing things up for the, for the defense. And I didn't see those kind of mistakes in this game and they've, we've been seeing them all year. So talk about uh, a player doing his job, Bobby Wagner. We talked about him mm -hmm. a little bit right up front and uh, 11 tackles, three tackles for loss, four quarterback hits, tw uh, two sacks, 20, 20 blitz um, opportunities for Bobby Wagner. He rushed the quarterback 20 times in this game. That's just crazy. San Francisco, in addition to, to the pass rush and, and defending the pass and so forth, I think um, Garoppolo ended up with like a hundred and what was 113 yards total, including rushing uh, through the first three quarters. Now, Nick Mullins came in and really lit it up through for over 240 yards or something like that. A couple touchdowns in quick order, I think in like 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, 
it was just kind of crazy. Seattle just kind of just laid back and let him throw underneath the, the entire time. Um, but uh, uh, Seattle held uh, San Francisco to just 52 yards on the ground. Uh, prior to Seattle, uh, San Francisco had successfully rushed for 197 yards, 122 yards, 131 yards. Um, George Kittle was held to just two catches. Um, we talked about the Garoppolo situation, you know, and, and quite frankly, I'm not exactly sure what kind of future that, that guy's got in San Francisco. It's, it's not good. In fact, his contract after this year, if he's out for the year, his contract, he's a, got a cuttable contract. Yeah. I mean, where they're on the books for him for like two, two and a half million dollars and 10 million of, of, uh, you know, of cap space becomes available or yeah, something so, like that. When, yeah, it's like cut. 12 million becomes available and it, it's only a $2 million, um, you know, in dead money to go. cut him. Uh, and my so guess he's is not, that, he's either not going to be with the team or he's restructured. My guess is that I mean, he won't be cut, that he still has enough cachet and enough name that someone will trade for him, like the Jets or someone. And um, just not a good move by someone. And, and I could see them doing that. I mean, Mullins came in. Now, Mullins didn't try to throw the ball down the field for much. He, everything was underneath, but he moved the ball really effectively. You know, 18 of 25 for 238 yards, two touchdowns, and a QBR of 97. Um, didn't take a sack. Of course, the Seahawks also stopped blitzing and went into more of a prevent defense um, at that point. But still, I mean, he had an effective outing. And that is going to, uh, at some point, he has yeah, to be given. Yeah, I mean, you got to take that with a grain of salt. At some point, he has to be given an opportunity to just be like, you know what, this is going to be your. And team. his his further performances this year were were not bad mm-hmm. as well. So, but all those came in kind of garbage time performances. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. You know, their offense just might just be bad, regardless of who's the quarterback at this point. Speaking, uh, the, the other uh, points on the defense. Uh, we had mentioned DJ Reed having a good game, one interception, two pass breakups, six tackles, two quarterback pressures. Alton Robinson, you'd mentioned earlier in the show, game. had a good game. One sack added to his uh, now two sack total. Um, Seattle's six and one right yep. now, Keith, and is going to add Adams, Dunlap, Harrison, Rasheem Green, Benson Mayo is coming back. Amadi's still going to come back. Griffin's coming back at some point. This defense is going to just get better and more confident. And um, it's it's good, all good news for the Seahawks right now. Yeah, and actually one of the players that we didn't mention yet was Sullivan, the um seventh round, the seventh yeah. round pick tight end that they wanted to convert to being a big receiver, um, and is now a defensive end, actually played well, got pressure. Um and I mean he had only had one tackle. And it was for a loss, but he was able to. He had twenty two. Yeah, snaps, and, you know, he, which is he, surprising for for. I mean, the, my goodness, this kid just came. He's out only of been a defensive end for three weeks. He's literally only been a defensive end for three weeks. Can you imagine how absurd that is? And and when you take a look at his story, his backstory, how absurd that mm-hmm. is to him. So he he was homeless at some point, living under a bridge to rushing the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks on a six and one team against the San Francisco 49ers. And you know, the, the kid drove home after the game and he said he didn't have, the, they didn't have the radio on. It was totally silent in the car cause he couldn't 
couldn't focus. All he could think about was how crazy this whole situation was. It was like a dream mm -hmm. to him. Um, and that's a, just an amazing thing. Well, and then the other thing I look it's at, a huge that opportunity he was for saying him. that like being in the three point stance is like no big deal because he would do that as a tight end. Um, but as a tight end, you know, his thing is he would block. So you just get your hands out there and you try and keep your hands on a player and you push him. Whereas as a defensive end, he's like the, the biggest thing has been just too much hand fighting and your hands need to be, you know, violent and move and you got to, you know, push people off of you and, and do all these things. It's, and he said, it's just, that part of it is very different, but the rest of it, it's like, you know, it's just football. Um, and, and his athletic profile. Crazy. Oh God. He's so is crazy for that position. He just totally fits in with the most athletic profiles that defensive ends have in mm -hmm. this league. And Pete Carroll said, you know, this kid's got a chance. This isn't just some weird kind of, Hey, we're going to throw this guy out here because he had a great practice and we want to reward him. They're serious about converting him to defensive end. And Pete Carroll said, the only thing that's really going to hold this guy back is exactly what you said, getting the physical and mental um, changes in his brain to understand the position and to be a warrior out there uh, and fight uh, hard uh, for everything. But this kid's uh, legit got the speed to turn the corner. I think he, Pete Carroll said he was, he's 6'5", 260 and has a four five four no, it was like four four five it's four four it was, five something it, like that so right fast. that's the fastest yeah. defensive end in the nfl fast close i mean that's yeah i mean talking about we're here. talking about the guy with just um it, it's just a crazy athletic profile and you look at the way it works and you know you can put him on to um you know three sigma athlete and kind of look at at where his his stuff exactly. works you know, as a oh yeah, he's going to be ninety percent as a tight as a tight Easy. end. He was high, but as a defensive end, he's even higher because you just don't expect that kind of speed. And yeah, he's got a lot of learning to do. I mean, this is a this is a uh, conversion project, but he showed enough in that game. He deserves more playing time. Like he deserves to continue to get out there on Sundays and and learn and play and because he was he was effective at getting around that corner and creating pressure and forcing Jimmy Garoppolo off his spot. Did he get sacked? No. But did he get pressure? Yes. And at this point, the Seahawks need guys who can get pressure. Um, if they're consistently getting pressure and not getting sacks, well, then we'll talk about sacks. But right now, they're not even... Yeah, and it's only going to get I say They're not better. even consistently getting pressure. So anybody that can get pressure like Sullivan uh, did, he needs to play. He needs to play. And it's only going to get better because Dunlap's coming in. You got Rasheem Green coming back. Harrison's going to mm -hmm. be in the middle. You've got Adams coming back to blitz. Bobby Wagner's already going to be blitzing. Jordan Brooks is a guy that can come flying in there. Anytime that you're trying to pick up multiple guys, it's going to give Sullivan an opportunity to use that speed to get around the edge. Um, we'll see what happens there. So let's talk offense, Keith. Uh, the offense was special in this game, um, especially early. 37 points with... DJ Dallas is their running back. You know, it's like, what is he? Third, fourth, fourth string guy. Um, got at best. Seattle's offense right now is averaging 34.3 points per game, first in the NFL by by a long shot. Um, San Francisco came into this game as a top five defense by all mm -hmm. accounts. Um, they ended up with two sacks, a couple quarterback hits, and zero turnovers generated against the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, again, um, was, was a magician. Uh, they converted 9 of 15, 60% on third down against San Francisco. San Francisco was seventh 
in a, and allowing third down conversions. Russell Wilson ended up um, 27 to 37 for 261 yards and four touchdowns again. Uh, 40 yards rushing added to that. DK Metcalf key, unbelievable. 12 receptions, 15 targets, 161 yards, two touchdowns. That one touchdown where he uh, went ran across the middle and, and around the entire San Francisco defense to score was just pure athleticism, size, speed combo. You just don't see that. Yeah, game. once he got, it's weird because he's got this, um, he's got his normal speed, which is really fast. And then he's got that extra speed, which is like the flash. And, you know, we saw that. Oh, and he does it in a couple strides. Oh, like yeah. A couple strides gets him into the And we gear. saw that, um, you know, a week before when he ran down uh, Buda Baker on that, after that interception. And then in this game, we saw it on that play. Because he got going, he was you know coming across, got the ball, um, saw that he had that that chance to get around the corner and just accelerated beyond what was already scary fast, and there was no one who was catching him, and he just flew down that sideline for 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 that score, forty uh, six yard touchdown, um, just crazy. Yeah. It's something like it's stuff like that just makes you kind of well, giddy. yeah. Because you know he's going to be he's going to be a weapon for Russell Wilson, and DK Metcalf is going to have Russell Wilson. I mean, talk about a great mm-hmm. marriage. Um, in fact, I would argue that DK Metcalf, his development and his accelerated pace of where he's at um, on pace. Let's see if I wrote that down on pace in 2020 to have 82 receptions for 1,554 yards and 16 touchdowns. That is only rivaled by the guy from Minnesota. Um, Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Yeah. And that's in, that's, that's what, an NFL what? history. That's not like right now. Um, cause right so, now there's uh, no, is, <laughs> you gotta, you, you have to say, you'd have to argue that that sort of player is, is the difference maker right now for Russell Wilson too. I mean, this Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf are locked in a, in 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 a chemistry lab that is just perfect it's a perfect match a perfect fit for each other oh yeah and um you know it's a it's matching skill set right so you've got the best deep ball thrower in the game against a guy with his size and speed um you know and not just size and speed (laughs) but also strength because he he catches the ball through contact and and all of that i mean he just is not phased um, by contact and that kind of stuff. So Wilson can throw it out there and just see what happens because he trusts uh, Metcalf to get it and hold on to it. And uh, you're right, it's just not fair. Um, and he's just been, he's just been crazy good. And we get to watch it for the next 10 oh, years. Oh, God, that'll be fun. I know. So um, one last thing about, about that, uh, Seattle in the red zone, four mm-hmm. for four. So Seattle so far this year is 22 to 25 as far as scoring touchdowns in the and, red zone. And they almost had another one too, because uh, Dallas stepped out of bounds. I know they went on to score anyway, but um, Dallas ended up having um, two touchdowns, one rushing, uh, one receiving could have had the third there, but he just barely stepped out. DJ Dallas really stepped up in this game, Keith, and showed me that he needs to take homers. Mm-hmm. And I know people, for some reason, Seahawks fans love uh, Travis Homer, and I, 
I mean, he's good at, at picking up the blitz and he does some nice things, you know, catching the ball. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not going to diminish him, but he's not a he's not a great he's not a great runner. Um, uh, Homer's not, but and Dallas is like Dallas has the ability to do things as a runner that Homer can't. And when you look at what Dallas did in the passing game as a receiver, he's at least as good of a route runner and probably a better catcher. I mean, he had um, a one-handed grab in this game that was phenomenal. Um, yeah, he needs to work a little bit on on blitz pickup stuff, but he's not bad. It's not. Yeah, and he had 18 carries, 41 yards. Not not overly impressive as far as yards per carry, all that kind of stuff. But those 41 yards were important. Well, and a lot of them, the a lot of carries them were, took the time off. A the lot clock. of those ones were, you know, third and one when you know San Francisco's, you know, loading, you know, 10 guys in the box. And so, yeah, yep. he got one yard on that carry. It's not going to do a lot for your average, but he only needed to get one, and he got it. Um, yeah. I just can't say how important it is for, for him to have this sort of success when um, Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde mm-hmm. were out and Homer only had five snaps. I mean, this is the sort of game where you're going to rely on a rookie, and, and that rookie should should step up for your team to be successful. And he did. And yeah, he did. absolutely. So therefore, he earns another opportunity. I mean, I would definitely have him in a rotation. Well, it looks there, like Carlos Hyde's going to be Hyde out. Comes back. It, um, yeah, and so for him to take basically take over Hyde's role um, as the number two, if Carson's ready to play, and or maybe, yeah, maybe a couple more. I would like to see Dallas run between the tackles a little bit more. Most of his runs were and carries were outside the tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see how he survives, you know, six or seven touches inside the, the, the tackles uh, as time goes on. Um, I think that's it as far as the San Francisco game. Did you have anything else to add? I mean, there was just overall, this was a great game. Lots of, lots of cool stuff. Uh, no real complaints on the defense, even though they give up all that garbage time, uh, yardage and, and scores there. Um, I just thought that they did a, a, a good enough job to be able to carry the, the good things from that game forward. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, uh, that's fair because there was a lot to like in this. They got after the quarterback, they were able to get home. Um, you know, a lot of young players stepped up like Robinson and Sullivan and, and Reed and um, Dallas. And I was thinking just on the defense, um, even Trey flowers, yeah. Just on the um, and then on yeah. the offense, you know, Dallas played well and, and the receivers continued to play well. And the offensive line is people just aren't talking uh, enough uh, about line. how good the offensive line has been. Dwayne Brown. Um, yeah, Dwayne Brown's, Dwayne Dwayne Brown. Brown's been good, but, but Ethan Posick at center has been great. And Damian Lewis at guard has been great. Where would we be without Posick? Uh, BJ Finney would still be on the I, team. I'm... I'm going to knock on wood, you know, because Posick's had an injury history, but Manny issues. He's just been Mr. Durability yeah, this year. He's been great. Not only that, but, but he's been playing way better, elevated way better than Britt. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you wonder where would this team have been if we, if we somehow got rid of Britt a lot. Or just, or when uh, you draft, when you confidence. draft a, a second team, all American uh, center, Maybe leave him at center instead of trying to make turn him into a tackle. 
Um, you know, I, I I'll have to say though, he did he he has battled some injuries, so true. you know he hasn't been haven't had enough time consistently over the the time he's been with the Seahawks to be able to establish himself in any position. Um, this year was like like they did with Britt four or five years ago, Keith. Right? Was it five or six years ago now? At this point, they gave Britt one last shot after being a guard for two or three years uh, to to play center after um, Unger left. And he was able well, to do you're, it. There's a there's and another year was, in there because uh, Britt was a tackle and okay. and not a good one, and then he was a guard and not a good one, and then yeah, then they basically were like, okay, at, at some point they're just going to try him at, at center. Um, but this was the last resort for Posick too. Yeah, I don't know. He was probably looking at we we talked about him possibly being cut in out of camp early in the in the offseason. Yeah, because we had as a, because as a we player, we just him. didn't think. So, so I mean, given given that and where he's at now, it's just absolutely a huge surprise and 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 a very good surprise mm-hmm. at that. So, all right, so let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Now, when we did our prediction show, uh, we had this. I think both of us, if I'm my memory serves, I'm going to look really quick here. We both had this down as a loss in our predictions. Buffalo, um, yeah. Given the fact that Buffalo had kind of a, a nice built roster, um, it was going to be uh, Josh Allen's third year as a pro in the system. He's kind of a caretaker type quarterback. He's not a guy that's going to necessarily win you games. But this year, he kind of started to to be that guy, develop into that guy that can kind of move your team down the field and so forth. He's regressed a little bit in the last three games. Want to talk about that a little bit. But Buffalo looked like defensively they were going to be a top five defense and offensively they were going to be able to do just enough. And with New England dropping back in the East there in the AFC, it looked like the Buffalo Bills were primed to be able to swoop in and kind of at least win the division and give themselves an opportunity in the playoffs. Now uh, the Buffalo Bills are still, what, six and two. So they're, they're obviously a very good team. But the, the, they've lost, what, two of their last four games. They, uh, you know, they started red hot. They're kind of regressing a little bit. Their defense has given up some plays. Uh, they've not been nearly as efficient offensively. Um, Josh Allen's really stepped back. They've tried to elevate their run game a little bit. But against a team like the Seahawks, everything that Buffalo likes to do is really hard uh, against Seattle, except for dink and dunk. Um, they, they will be able to do that. But um, the running game, I think Seattle has uh, the ability to control. And then you, I don't think that Buffalo's designed to keep up with an offense like Seattle. Um, they struggled against both the Titans and the Chiefs in losses mm-hmm. really badly. Uh, they lost to the Titans 50, uh, 42 to 16 earlier in the year. And then recently the Chiefs 26 to 17. Um, they've beaten a whole host of teams that are, pretty average jets dolphins rams raiders jets again patriots yeah the the they they lost two in a row with titans and chiefs where the the offense didn't do much the defense just couldn't stop anyone um and then they've come back and yeah they've won their last two games but they beat the jets 18 to 10 the jets are one of the the jets are one of the worst teams that the nfl has seen in a long time they just don't have a lot of talent and their coaching staff is abysmally bad. 
and it was 18 to 10 in that game. Um, and then the Patriots, who have really struggled since they started having their, their COVID problems, you know, 24-21, sure that's a win, and I get that there's a little bit of, um, you know, exercising their, those demons against New England because the Patriots have been so good in that division for so long, but that's not a good football team in New England right now. Um, maybe once they get everybody back and, you know, kind of get things back on the same page, but right now, that's a pretty bad football team, and they just eked out a victory there. So we'll see. Um, there is a lot of talent on that roster. That roster is really well built top to bottom. Especially the defense. The defense is really yeah. solid. I mean, they've only allowed two teams to score over 30 points against them. The Rams, who have a great offense. And the Raiders. Uh, which they beat. Um, well, the Ra- I guess. Yeah. And, and then, then the Dolphins. And the Titans. The Titans. No, the Titans, 42. Um, wait, so, um, oh, wait, that's 16. a win. Never mind. I, I'm looking at the wrong. You're at the, the, um, it's the, okay. they scored, they, they gave up 32, um, against the Rams, but one, um, and then the Titans got yes. 42 in a loss. And they only scored 16. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, when they're off, they're off. They're not a great team. But when they're on, their defense keeps them in games and their offense does just enough. That's the formula for the Bills. Um, I thought they'd be, you know, they're six and two, but they haven't, they haven't been clearly dominant. Um, they're they're sort of like all the other six and two and five and two teams that are in the NFL right now. They've got several different flaws and they haven't played a, a tough schedule yet. I think the Bills are getting into their toughest schedule uh, run of the season right now, starting with the Seahawks, and it's not a favorable matchup to me uh, for them. Now the the first four games, uh, like I said, for the Bills were great. Allen completed seventy one percent. 1,326 yards, 12 touchdowns, and one interception, passer rating of 122.7. Uh, but they they went through the Jets, Dolphins, Rams, and Raiders to do that. And then the last four games, he's down to 63%, 846 yards, so down almost uh, 500 yards in the same amount of games, four touchdowns, four interceptions, passer rating of 77 so that the drop off has been real and that's been against the Jets, Patriots, Titans, Chiefs. So yeah, and the the Jets um, and Patriots aren't great teams. Um the Titans no. and the Chiefs are. I mean the Patriots have a pretty decent secondary, but um yeah. Right. So you know, Stefan Diggs has been Stefan Diggs. He's a great receiver for them. 54 catches, 695 yards. Cole Beasley, their slot guy, 41 receptions. I hate, I that, hate guy. that guy. And, um, and it, it's, it has, okay, I mean, we, we both we both say that. It has nothing to do with the guy. I don't know anything no, about like him personally, whatever. Right. The reason why we both say I hate that guy is because he's this. He's a first down. He's a guy who plays in the slot Gosh. and it just seems if it's third down and somebody's going to make a play to get them a first down, it's him. And it, it's like, you don't yeah. hear from him for quite a while in the game. And then when you desperately need a stop, Cole Beasley gets picks up first down after first down. And you're like, yeah. stop That's it. That's why that DJ Reed and Amadi <laughs> matchup might be interesting yeah. this week. Um, on defense, they've got uh, Tremaine Edmonds, a big linebacker, mm-hmm. 6'5", 256, got 52 tackles. A.J. Epinesa, who they drafted out of Iowa in the second round this last year, hasn't really stepped up yet. Six tackles, 1.5 sacks. Ed Oliver plays defensive tackle. Mario Addison's at their other defensive end side, 17 tackles, three sacks. Quentin Jefferson uh, with the Seahawks last year and in the previous four years, defensive uh, tackle, defensive end. 
signed a two-year $13.5 million contract in the offseason. He's got 16 tackles and a couple sacks for them. Jerry Hughes, another guy, uh, 21 tackles, three, uh, three sacks. Um, the Bills versus the Patriots, 38 of their 57 plays, Keith, were on the ground for 190 yards. That was the most interesting thing for me. So they really have taken uh, the fallback of Allen and decided to protect him a little bit um, and, and give him a little bit easier offense to manage and kind of a regression in a way that, that, that kind of harkens back to the 2018-19 season for him in that that's what, they've, that's what they try to do is kind of manage the game, uh, give him uh, way more uh, opportunities to, to, to hand the ball off and limit his downfield opportunities as well. That's where he makes mistakes and throws interceptions. So, um, you know, the, the more that you make Josh Allen progress through his reads and checkdowns, the more he struggles. And so there's the game in a nutshell right here for Seattle defensively is, uh, they may want to try to establish the run, which is going to be very difficult against Seattle. I think that there'll be pretty, a lot more balance in this game. I think, uh, starting out with, with Seattle, given the fact that Seattle struggles so much with their pass defense. I think that's where the bills will try to eventually end up, um, regardless of the score as they want to try to take advantage of Seattle secondary. Um, and then can we get pressure? You know, we were able to get pressure against San Francisco, uh, but we had to dial up the blitz a lot. If we blitz against the bills, is Josh Allen going to be able to handle that and take advantage, uh, to be able to move the ball against maybe some, some more open receivers. If, if he can, give him get enough time well we'll say that the, um what are your thoughts overall around josh that? allen is um more athletic than i think most people realize he moves around well no, he absolutely. runs he well and yeah. it's not like um you know he's also a bigger guy so he's harder to tackle even when you get there um and i wouldn't be surprised if they yeah they're gonna blitz but i don't think they're going to be as aggressive against josh allen as they were last week against jimmy garoppolo because he is more athletic and he runs better um and they just don't want to give up a lot of scramble yards and he's more patient uh and so i could see them blitzing at times and playing coverage um you know dropping everyone back into coverage and forcing ellen to go to his third or fourth read um and really seeing if mm -hmm. he has the patience to um you know, go through his reads and, and if it's the fourth player or the fifth player, or then, or maybe come back to someone that he'd already looked at, um, in order to find an open player or whether he starts to force the ball, uh, to, you know, the, so how critical then is it for Seattle to be able to get a little bit pressure? of pressure would, is definitely helpful. But I think that if you have to blitz every down to get it, maybe this isn't the best, um, the best game to do that. Because I just don't trust Josh Allen to pick you apart if you give him time. Um, as long as people, you know, as long as you're getting people covered, making him go through his reads and actually doing the mental part. If you make it a physical game where he can, you know, make a guy miss and then get the ball out of his hands, or uh, everybody's blitzing and he so he knows where his hot read is and he can throw it without uh, thinking, then I think he can do a lot of good things and, and beat you, but make him think, make him work. 
Uh, and if you can do that, keep him in front of you, not let him, you know, scramble. Yeah. I think well, you can, no matter what, he's going to, he's going to take off on you six or seven times a game for 40 to 60 yards. Yeah. It just, that's just it's, what he does. It's kind of his history. Kind of like so, playing Kyler Murray, but without the uh, read option play. Well, he's six five two thirty yeah. too. I mean, he's he's a big like you said. He's a big load when when you try to tackle him. He's kind of like uh, Cam Newton mm -hmm. in that way. Um, Devin Singletary, that's a running back. He's got ninety three uh, rushing attempts already, uh, almost four hundred yards, just a single touchdown. Also twenty one receptions. Um, we talked about Diggs and Beasley. Those are kind of their three main guys that they like to to work into that offense. Um, is there anything about their offense at all that that worries you in in Seattle's defense enough to where you think they're going to outscore Seattle's offense against the Bills' defense? Um, no, I mean i i don't I don't see, um, you know, Singletary and and company getting a lot of yards on the ground. I mean, look what what Seattle did to San Francisco that wanted to grind it out. The, the Seahawks run defense is actually pretty good. It's the pass defense that struggles. Um, I, the, what scares me is Stefan Diggs um, because he has, you know, if he, if he gets behind you for a couple of uh, big plays, it can really hurt. Uh, it was like, the good news is they don't really have anybody. Well, else. true, but if if so, if you're going to double team anybody, you're going to double team. True, him. but you double team hit. You'll double team Diggs, and then um, you know you're going to have um, uh, Cole Beasley. You know, get eight receptions um, underneath and turn seven of them in the first down. Yeah, I know. I'll take my chances though underneath with Colby. I know. Well, and and he's going to yep. get those, and the and those are just things that we give up and and take um, as a as a defense. But you don't want Diggs to to go over the top on you a couple times in the game. It's just not those big huge hitters that don't take any time off the clock are not doing any favors for Seattle, and we need to stop that at all costs. Because if we do that, we get a couple turnovers out of this game. It's over. You know, um, if the Bills don't turn the ball over and we have a couple turnovers, the, then this game is in jeopardy and it's close. If we get the turnovers um, and and give Russell Wilson another couple opportunities to score, uh, I just don't see any chance that the Bills have of winning this game. Um, the only thing that really can hurt us in this game for me is uh, some weird bad game uh, on offense by uh, Seattle. I checked the weather. I just happened to check weather before we started the show and it looks like it's clear uh, for the most part and um, 50, 62 or three degrees. So it's an optimal day in November. And, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, it's good. You know, when this get, this game was scheduled, you see November in Buffalo and you're like, Oh, this could be ugly. <laughs> could go, it could um, go but no, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be a nice, nice weather game. Um, get, you know, Wilson out there. I think their defense is pretty good, but the Seahawks keep playing good defenses and, and uh, doing well. Absolutely. Um, I mean, absolutely. I mean, we faced the Cardinals when they were top 10. We faced the 49ers when they were top 10. You look at, go look back at the, uh, uh, the dolphins now at four and three, they look like they might be slightly better than uh, everyone's giving them credit for. Like, so. they're gonna, like they're significantly better than people were giving them credit for. Even me. Like I, I was like, eh, they're the dolphins. They're, they're, they're terrible. But uh, the, qual the quality of their depth on that roster is starting to show, and 
Um, now they've got Tua at quarterback, and um, he just per- is he going to make more mistakes than Fitzpatrick? Yes, but he's also more dynamic. And I just see that um, that team, you know, at four and three, they are a playoff contender, and I would not be surprised to see Miami end up making the playoffs. And then oh, go, but go look and see what the Seahawks did against them. What did they do against San Francisco, who was a top ten um, defense at that point, or it's Arizona, which was a number eight uh, defense at that point. The Seahawks have not been stopped in any game. No, they've lost one game because they turned the ball over and uh, the defense laid an egg. But they have not. The, the offense has not been stopped. They're the the highest scoring offense in the entire NFL. By three or yeah, four points. and the it's not even um, close. Three or four points per game, and honestly, Buffalo is not going to. Um, they're not going to put up more of a fight um, as far as like than you know as far as than the, some of these other teams. They they've got a good roster. They've got a lot of depth. That's I think one of the things that, that is underrated about their especially on defense. But are they significantly better? defensively than san francisco yeah. i just don't think they no are. and i just think this is one of those games where you look back and you're going um this is one of those games that sets seattle apart i think from other teams not only in the nfc but just overall um because we're just that much better on offense uh i just don't think there's any defense currently constructed in the nfl that is uh, maybe tampa bay um that is designed to slow down russell wilson at all i mean and we, we, if you really think about it, we haven't even developed our running game yet um, as, as, a, as a team. Haven't had um, to. Which is crazy. We haven't had to. Um, I would like to. I'd love to see them run, put up, you know, 200 yards on a team. I think we could if we really needed to or wanted to. But the, I was just looking at the schedule. Keith, there's nobody in front of us. There's nobody in front of us, Keith, that's going to slow us down this game. at all. It's like, this game. This is, this is the last. Um, I mean, this is the last, I mean, you could say the Rams, but the Rams are faulty. They're, they're, they're falling they're, apart. They started out faltering. really good and they're, they're falling apart and they're, they're kind of coming back down to where we expected them to be. Uh, but they, they are still good and they still have, um, you know, Aaron Donald at defensive tackle and he tends to give Russell Wilson problems because he's just so quick at getting straight up the field. Yeah. yeah. And you look at the Cardinals, Keith, we're not, Russell Wilson's not throwing three interceptions against the Cardinals ever no. again. Ever no, as he won't. He he won't right? throw three interceptions interceptions against the Cardinals when they play again. It, to me, it really comes down to this game because the forty. When we started this this stretch of five games, which had two against the 49ers, um, Arizona, uh, Buffalo, and the the other Arizona game. Yeah, um, so it's the Cardinals, 49ers, Bills, Rams, Cardinals again. Yeah, that's when. And then we play um, the yeah. Eagles. So Giants, it's this, this group of five games. I said if they go three and two in this, they're setting themselves up for a thirteen and three season, first overall seed, first round by all of that. Um, honestly, the 49ers, that was their shot, and now I think their shot's done because they just they lost their quarterback and their their star receiver um, to injury in this game, and and I just don't see them improving. They're, I see them no. getting worse, not better. Um, and so they're just not the same. And I, I don't see Seattle losing to Arizona again. It took three interceptions for Russell Wilson for them to barely beat Seattle in overtime. Um, and 
and and a poor defensive performance, like a totally conservative approach defensive performance that we are unlikely to see again, especially against the Cardinals. They're not going to dial up no, that again. They'll, they'll come up with something different. No. If that didn't work. Um, and right. so, yeah, so you're looking at a situation where this game against Buffalo is the one that concerns me. The rest of the schedule. Are you concerned? I'm still concerned because I think that defense is. I just don't get that I feeling get, at the all. The defense is really good and they could cause some problems. I don't know if they, um, they shut down Seattle's offense, but I could see them frustrating uh, the Seahawks. The Dolphins put up 28 points. The Rams put up 32 points. The Raiders put up 23. Patriots put up 21. The Titans put 42 on them. The Chiefs, 26. The Seahawks are going to score 35 points, Keith. Yeah. This is not going to be a situation where we're not going to score our average. I could see, you know, I, mean, I can see that. I could also see it be a situation where Seattle outthinks itself and tries to establish the run and they go back to last year's unknowingly stupid offense and they basically give up half the game um, trying to run the ball into a brick wall, wall rather than letting uh, Russ do Russ things. Um, I could see the, the Seahawks doing some stupid stuff like that and, and basically just beating them, themselves at times and then it just being way closer than it should be. Yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to get over that kind of mental uh, positioning once in a while. Um, well, especially because they've done it because this year. they've done it so much well, in the they've past. Even done well, it at times yeah, this they year. did it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But overall though, I mean, you've got to give shot members. The oh, credit. true. They've really broken those trends for the most part. And yeah. But look what they did um, in the second half against Arizona. They went back to being last year's offense. I, I'm just going to say it's turnovers. I'm, I'm not going to say, I no, think the, the turnovers, the turnovers do, but in the second half, against Arizona, they also became way too conservative offensively. And um, there was the first half the week before where they would just were way too conservative um, offensively. And unfortunately, it's just, I think that's Schottenheimer's nature and he has to like fight against his nature to let Russell Wilson do Russell Wilson things. And for the most part, he's done a fantastic job this year, but I could see them. Yeah. Just, stupiding it up. What would give you an indication that they would try to run the ball this week? Come out and run the ball, establish some sort of time control clock management style that they haven't yet. At least in the first half. I don't know. Um just it just seems like you're falling back a little bit to like 2019 just instinctively on this thing. Cuz I don't because... trust Brian Schottenheimer to continue to do things that he's never done in his past. It's not like I he know. didn't have Russell Wilson last year. It's like Seattle winning close games. It's just one yeah. of those things. You just know it's going to yeah. happen. <laughs> and and so it's not like it's not like uh, Russell Wilson wasn't playing last year. He was. He was brilliant last year. And they still took the ball out of his hands repeatedly and, you know, tried to grind it out on the ground. And even when they couldn't run the ball at all, um, and they failed at it. And it was just yeah. really. Well, they were the second or third best, you know, running team in the NFL last year. So I understand why they might try to go there, but they really haven't established anything yeah. this year. I mean, what are we ranked running wise? I think we do have you know a top ten running offense efficiency wise, but yardage wise and attempts and all that stuff, we got to be. Well, it's, yeah, it's not great because um, when they do run, it's after getting a big lead and teams are gearing up to stop the run. 
um, and they're stopping the run. So. Yes. Right. Yeah. Interesting. I, who knows? I mean, I guess you're going to take what the defense gives you, you know, and if, if Buffalo's lined up with, you know, uh, dropping seven or uh, eight into coverage and rushing four. Yeah. Then you got to run it. We could be running the ball, you know, and that's just the way it is. But, and, and it wouldn't be a terrible strategy, especially if we were successful and taking time off the clock, uh, keeping the ball out of the Bills' hands and, as, and scoring as long points. As you're scoring points. I mean, let's, as long as you're scoring points, right? All right. Uh, anything else? No, I'm just glad to see the team, you know, starting to get healthy and they're getting guys back. They're getting guys and into the fold. Uh, they've, like, they went into this game. Right, they're starting strong safety. Their backup strong safety. Their third string strong safety. Their top cornerback. Um, their their nickel uh, safety. Their nickel uh, corner. Um, right, all those guys were out, <laughs> and they managed to put together a pretty strong defensive performance and win. Um, at some point, you know, that's a lot of talent that is not on the field, and getting those guys back will be helpful. And I'm just, I'm, yes. I'm very happy to see guys starting to come back. They haven't had additional injuries the last couple of weeks, at least not. Well, and I, I think, you know, Harrison and Dunlop are two additions to this team that we have not yet mm-hmm. seen that are going to be absolute difference makers as time oh, goes yeah. on. You know, Dunlop might not give you all the sacks in this defense that maybe fans are expecting, but he's going to give you pressures. He's going to give you quarterback hits he's going to force fumbles he's one of the best forced fumble guys in the league um over since he's been in the league um and i just and he and he plays the run just about as good as any defensive end and so i'm very excited and and if snacks is is ready and they've been holding him back and trying to get him into shape and if so if he comes in he's healthy he's in shape he could be a definite difference maker in the middle of that defense um, as a rotation piece, um, that you keep healthy and you get into the playoffs. And then that guy starts destroying uh, the middle of, of offensive lines. And, uh, we're just positioned really well this year. I'm just very impressed with the way that, um, Schneider and Carol have worked together to build this roster and to get us to this moment where we're now lined up to, for our toughest stretch of the year and, and we're getting everybody back. And it's just, it's it's a beautiful yeah thing. and you know i mean they're they've really had to weather the storm as far as with the, the injuries because you know with the running back all the running back injuries and then just the 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 Defensive defense backs, has been has safeties. been decimated um just in general uh with injuries and so yeah to weather that storm at six and one with the number one overall seed in the nfc and now to start to get healthy and knowing that you've got scary that's you've scary got and knowing Pete Carroll's one of the best closers. Yeah, and you've got a, you've got a couple of tough games left and then you got you you got the games against uh Washington, the Giants, the Jets and the Eagles still on your schedule. Um I mean and the 49ers again. True, I'm just saying like those are five bad teams. At least the 49ers are, you know, middling. Uh the, the, those other five those are those are genuinely terrible teams. So you have an opportunity for uh you know, this team to, for some to serious do business. some serious things, they end up with a record, like I was saying before, 13 and three, 14 and two, um, you know, 12 and four at the worst and have that first round buy 
have home field advantage in the playoffs. Go and where you can play at home on, you know, and not have to travel and um, have that extra week to get people healthy and rested and, you know, really make a run at a championship. I could totally see this team doing yeah. this year. Yeah. If this goes down as a win, we've really got an opportunity yeah. to have four. To me, wins. this is, I mean, a serious this opportunity. This is the last great test. Um, and, and then of course, you know, you got to see what, how the Rams do and do they rebound or, um, yeah. After this game with the bills, Keith, we have one more game on the road. That's worth a, worth anything to mention mm-hmm. about. And that's against the yeah. Rams. And that's right after this one. So, I mean, the, we get these two. And yeah, if they get, if, they get, if the Seahawks there's get, nobody's going to stand in their way. get these two games in a row, both on the road against um, pretty good teams. Quality uh, opponents. Yeah, there's no one catching Seattle for that number one seed. It's not going to happen. Especially not with Green, Green Bay, you know, losing to Minnesota this last week. That, yeah, they're, they're just not the 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 powerhouse that uh, people wanted to say they were um and there's just not there just isn't another team out there people want to say tampa but tampa's got a couple of really bad losses too well and they're in the afc what do we care no. or they're not but i mean they're, they're in the, the afc, AFC but what do, what do we care like what do we care i mean we fa- if we get home field advantage we face those guys at home maybe by then we get some fans in the stands i mean anything can happen in the playoffs i get that but come on you know, who cares? I, it, it almost doesn't matter at this point who's in yeah. front of us. It really doesn't. I mean, we're dictating terms on offense. It's just a matter of our, our defense comes around enough. If we can be like a top 15 to 20 defense, I think that's enough with the offense that we have. It's crazy. It's a great time to be a Seahawk fan. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's get out of here. Follow Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook on Twitter. SeahawksPlaybook.com has all of the shows archived. You can listen to any show we've done in the last uh, three and a half, almost four years. And uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast app and uh, subscribe to the show. So you get us right into your, uh, your feed and don't miss a show at any time. So until next time, Keith. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.